Tonight on the Pop Confidential Podcast, we are crying purple tears with the rest of the world as we mourn singer, iconoclast, visionary Prince. Uh, he died this past Thursday. He was found at his Paisley Park uh, estate. You know, just utter shock is all that comes to mind. Uh, recently on this podcast, we were talking about his plans to publish a memoir, and we had such a happy discussion about how much we were looking forward to that book and talking about the fact that Vanity, who was his protege and love interest, uh, recently died, um, and wondering how the book would... Uh, you know, categorize his iconic rise to fame and influence on pop culture and all of those things, and now he's gone. Uh, joining me are Luke Kerr. Hello. Jillian Bowe. Hey. Sarah Babel. Hi. And Melody Akles. Hey, hey. So, guys, um, Luke, I know, first of all, because I read the, uh, you shared an article on your Facebook page about, um, an, an evangelical Christian who grew up, you know, being forced to be uh, kept away from pop culture and how, you know, she feels, you know, numb during times like this. And it really gave me insight into you, Luke. It made me kind of feel bad. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have been so mean to Luke about knowing about pop, not knowing about pop culture. Because when she wrote it that way, I also saw signs. Of you. That was, that was one of the most painful articles I've ever read because other than the evangelical part, it was like, this is my experience in someone else's skin. Well, you know what, because... though, Luke, it, one thing it did, you know, and looking back now, because she talked about how she would make callous jokes when things like that would happen because she felt defensive because she didn't know. Oh. And I thought, oh, my God, if I had read this eight years ago, it would have saved me so much blood pressure medicine. Because you do do that. When you don't know what's going on in pop culture, you get, oh, well, is that person well, know something? I, <laughs> but I was like, I was like I, well, like when Amy Winehouse, that. when Amy Winehouse passed away, I think I made a joke that you weren't too f much of a fan. Yeah, with a lot been, of them. It's been like that. That the friends of that woman who wrote that very brilliant essay. I was like, my first thought was, damn, I wish Luke could have written it himself for um, XL Jane, because that would have been a great essay for you. Because it's like, you know, that's totally your story when we first met. And I was like, so how long have you been watching soap operas? Well, I started in '98, and I was just like when they started dying, but, um, you know, so it really did, you know, the, it, that drove home the fact that, and it, and it, you really, I will say this though, you of all people and that writer really need to explore Prince's early music because Prince was a devout Jehovah's witness. Um, you know, now when I say devout, the devoutness happened late in his later years, but his entire musical history is tied to his, you know, feelings about God and Jesus, even, you know, tying it into sex. I mean, which, you know, in my opinion, sex is a very religious experience, but I mean, it, you know, he will say, he would say things in his lyrics, like I'm your Messiah. And, you know, so there's, and my God, I mean, 1999 is totally about the apocalypse and things like that. So he struggled with his religious upbringing and turned it into art. So I think people who like you and like that writer that you shared, in fact, I want to find her because if we've mentioned her 
I'm going it's to It's Sarah McMahon. Yeah, you know. And the article is posted on NPR, but I have it in my Twitter feed. Yeah. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Luke underscore Kerr. Yeah, I saw her, it's on she my got a lot of shade because, you know, the headline was, I'm not sad about Prince, but let me explain. And I saw Black That's actually a really good it headline, is, but though. Black Twitter was not amused with her. But then mm-hmm. sometimes that's why I think you have to go ahead, imagine that, and start reading stuff. Because when I read it, I'm like, and first of all, we know how this works. She might, she more than likely, if she's a freelancer, she didn't write the headline. And the editor. As someone whose headlines are routinely changed. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, this poor woman probably I'm, didn't it, even pick that headline. And she, Black Twitter was like, this, oh, this, oh, you done come for Prince. You know? that, headline, that headline was basically written by someone who was at BuzzFeed for a lot of years and then went, like, respectable at NPR and decided to use it for bait click is what that headline was. Well, I will say this. Um, you... But, I, I mean, that, that article was, I mean, it was – yeah. You sometimes talk about how people are like just stripped bare. I was reading that article. It's like, oh god, it was this painful. is me. And, you know, but okay. Oh. So now I will just. I started that with you to just go ahead and get that out of the way. You will now be educated about the majesty and wonder that was the purple one. Jillian, how did you react when you heard the news that Prince had died on Thursday? Well, how I found out was someone who I follow was ret- was retweeting what a Minnesota reporter was tweeting live, like minute, like, you know, blow by blow. They were like, we're on the scene at Paisley Park. Um, medical professionals are there. And I'm like, when I heard Paisley Park, I said, oh, uh-uh, that better be nice. That better be someone who knocked themselves out at a Prince party that he had the night before. And they kept, you know, tweeting and showing pictures of the police there. And then they said the coroner came and I'm like, Oh my God, please don't be him. Please don't be him. Please, you know, God forgive me, but I'm like, please be somebody else. And then they said, you know, they're not releasing the person's name. They want to let the family know. So I rushed to TMZ. Cause like a friend of mine was like, I'm going to wait until the news. And I said, well, bitch, I'm gonna wait until TMZ says something. I'm like, cause TMZ is on it. So I go to TMZ and they're like, Prince is dead. And I'm like, ah, no, no, no. I just was like, I was done. I'm like, uh-uh, this is this could not. I was just, for like an hour or so, I was waiting for Prince to pop up on Twitter and say, I'm alive, you know, to be like, that one made a line. Or, you know, um, Questlove from The Roots band that, you know, for some who don't know who The Roots is, they're the house band that plays for Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fallon. He talks about a story about how he went to a party that Prince threw and how Everybody's like, you know, indulging, having a good time. But Prince is like cooking pancakes. So a part of me was like, oh, Prince comes outside with some pancakes to be like, hey, y'all, I'm alive. But oh, was well, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, he had a health scare uh, after his concert in Atlanta and had, yeah. you know, they, he yeah. had to be emergency landed in Moline, Illinois. I used to live when I met Luke Kerr. I was living in Moline, Illinois, and I was working in Davenport, Iowa, across the bridge at Pulitzer's headquarters as a board executive assistant, and I was always on the SoapNet message boards all day long. And Jamie's definition of met is very loose. While my, because yeah, well, it, met online. Okay, well, yes, yeah. while my, I was always, you know, my pop culture blogging world started when I was a board executive assistant while my 
um, the vice president for news would be asking me about an Excel spreadsheet that she had assigned 15 times. And I was like, God, and looking up Excel for dummies and then going, okay, I'll get it to you soon. Cause I didn't know how to do Excel. And then I got back on message boards. But anyway, um, so when I saw Moline, Illinois, I was like, mm, well, not much yeah, good that was, happens there. They said it's but, 40, 48 minutes away from his house too. Yeah. And you know, he apparently, um, didn't want to stay because they couldn't give him a private room. And Moline is really small. So, yeah, I'm sure that hospital simply couldn't accommodate. Kind of reminded me fictionally of the Grey's Anatomy situation with, you know, where Derek Shepard was, you know, at that hospital that wasn't really equipped for something of his nature. But, of course, you know, Prince's situation was allegedly that, um, according to TMZ, that he had overdosed on Percocet, which is a, a painkiller uh, that he reportedly had been prescribed for hip trouble. Um, again, these are all reports that are coming out. Nothing has been confirmed about his cause of death mm-hmm. or anything related to it, but he's had um, hip problems for years and, again, allegedly would not have surgery due to his Jehovah's Witness faith, which... Um, prohibits or frowns upon blood transfusions. So, and and again, all of these are just reports that are coming out, which are neither here or there, when the fact that we've lost such an icon. Sarah, where were you when you found out, and what were your first reactions? Um, I interrupted a conference call at the day job, because I get those variety news alerts, and I was like, "Um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, Prince just died. And then, fortunately, everyone, instead of being like, what the hell, was like, oh, my God. And they were as upset as I was. Um, I mean, I was just devastated. Like, it just didn't seem real at first. It was literally the the first album I ever bought was Purple Rain. Like, I was young enough that I think I used some money I got from the Tooth Fairy to pay for it. It was, like, completely age-appropriate for me. And I had his picture up on my bedroom wall. And it just, it just hurt me to my core. And he was just very popular where I grew up because in the Bay Area where I grew up, because that's where Sheila E is from. And um, so, you know, people loved him there because he had our, you know, he had our woman's back, you know what I mean? So it just, I mean, I went on Facebook and like, I found like my elementary school best friend posted like a picture of herself at like age 10 wearing a Prince t-shirt and I mean everyone was just like falling out and it just I mean it just hit me I did end up crying which is a weird thing to do for a celebrity and it made me think of like how lucky I was that I got to see him perform live (gasps) just once um jealous and here's And the funny thing is, I'll tell you, it's a funny story of how that happened. I was on the, because, like, I never got it together to get tickets right, and there's no excuse for it once I was an adult. When I was a kid, I was not allowed to even attempt to purchase such a ticket. Um, As much as, like, my mom is fairly mellow, she wasn't that mellow. Um, So I, um, I was on the NBC lot. I was actually there to interview some actors from Days of Our Lives. I was done. I was walking out. Um, heading towards the parking lot and you know there's always people milling around the studio and the security guard says hey they need some more people for like the pit where like because prince is performing a sh- you know for tonight's tonight show of jay leno and they had like this outdoor concert thing so if anyone wants to go and i was like me and like totally <laughs> ran over there and you know i got to see him 
probably up closer than I would have otherwise. Not that I was like right up on the stage or anything, but it was just like, you know, it was a much smaller venue than you would have seen. And um, he was doing all his newer stuff, the stuff that is less familiar, but like he was supposed to do like one or two songs for the show, but because he's Prince and because he is there to entertain, he went on and did like probably a good half hour, 40 minute set because he's Prince. People have come to see him. He wants to give them a good experience. And you could just see he was so like just alive and you could tell he was just like, so in his element and happier so happy to be doing what he loved which was giving us good music and to you know making the crowd happy and it was just like the fact that it happened that way i was like maybe i do have a guardian angel who like sent me a prince concert and and, you know it was just like a very special memory and i was thinking about that and i'm just still like like just devastated mel um, anyone who follows you on social media knows that you are an avid concert goer. What was your reaction to the loss of Prince? And was Prince on your playlist? Is he one of your go-to musicians? I know you love your rock and roll. He, Prince kind of bridged the gap between mm-hmm. R&B and rock. What were your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I mean... And I'm so mad at myself, too, because Prince played at Essence Fest like two years ago. And I said to myself, I was like, oh, do I want to go all the way to New Orleans? I don't know if I can afford it, really. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to do some stuff. Can't really make it. I'll just catch him the next go around because he's usually always at Essence. Now I'm kicking myself in the face for saying that. Of Girl. course Prince was on my list. Oh, my God. There's nobody out there that's like Prince. And there's nobody out there that's going to be like Prince. He's so just you know, a musical genius and different and outside of the box and eccentric. And if y'all know me, y'all know that is everything that I love. Okay. He's just fantastic. I mean, I was at work when I found out I was on Twitter. You can see my, I had a whole meltdown on Twitter. You can go back and see it, but I just, I couldn't believe it. I was just like, are you kidding me? He's gone already. Are you, what is going on? I mean, and you know, for me, I'm a big concert girl, but I always go to the old school concerts. Like, there's a good chance you're not going to catch me at the 2 Chains concert. I'm just going to throw it out there. Girl, I'm not going to be there. Both. I don't know what I'm not going to be there. You're going to catch me at the Def Leppard concert. I'll be at Black Sabbath. You know, I'm going to be at the old school guys. So anybody old school like that is always on my list because I'm always like, well, I need to see them before they die. So <sighs> losing friends like this is just devastating. I don't even <sighs> – there are no words for how much I'm going to miss Prince. So – this has basically caused me to put together a, a musical bucket list because oh, yeah. um, just like you, I mean, you didn't want, look, at least you could, you have the excuse of not wanting to drive to New Orleans. He was here. He was, his, you know, he was here in Atlanta and I was like, oh, I don't want to be dealing with no crowds and blah, blah, blah. It's like, I've got to go ahead. I was I've been so blessed to meet so many of the writers that were my icons, Jackie Collins and, you know, Agnes Nixon and and things like that, you know, in this in this pop culture life, but in terms of musicians, you know, and because when you know, when you blog, when you work in the media, you get freebies, you get offers. I mean, in half the time, I will be uh, I don't want to go. Or I don't want to do that or it probably wouldn't even like I probably could have figured out a way to get in just by offering some promotion. And I still just, you know, it's like, uh, so, yeah, I have to go ahead and make 
because I didn't, I never saw Whitney either. You know, mm. never saw Whitney, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, okay, this. Uh, I yeah, have that's to go a regret. And make my list um, because you know, and I remember, you know, I joked on Facebook when his plane had to be landed. Um, I posted, you know, not today, Satan, or something like that. I rebuke you. I pray mm-hmm. a purple heads around Prince because I was just like forcefully willing myself. Oh no, nothing bad is going to happen to Prince because you know this year has been all the greats eerily. I mean, it's almost uh, like yeah. scary to think about. You know, I ain't trying to be one of those conspiracy theorists, but I'm like, shit. If I ever did believe in the Illuminati or something, I'm like. All of these stars are dying back to back to back to back. They die in threes. Natalie. Well, no, well, no. In 2016, it's been, you know, yeah, that's always the old saying, but it's been, they died in tens. I mean, there have been a lot of famous deaths this year. Um, Oh, I was just doing the musician part. We lost Prince and Bowie in the same. Bowie, Prince, Natalie. Natalie. uh, Who was the other one? There's a bit, what was it? Um... Yeah, there there have just been innumerable losses. Oh, the dude Lots from Earth, huge, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, yeah Earth. Yeah, I mean, it, it's Maurice it's twice. Yeah, yeah. It it's been a rough year in 2016. Um, People are so mean on Twitter, though. Like, say someone was like, "Oh Lord, why y'all didn't take Keisha Cole, not Prince?" I'm like, "What is?" Every time celebs die, I see those memes about the Kardashians. And see, I don't play that because, like, see, Luke, you were raised, you know, I'm a Baptist. So, Baptists, we have a running joke. We're religious on Sunday, and then, you know, we at the club Saturday. But I was still raised with that fear of God type thing. And, you know, even when when I see that stuff, I'm like, I don't post those. Now, I posted a meme where someone was like, all these people dying in Betty White is like, and what? You know, because that was funny to me. But I would never post one about why didn't God take the Kardashians because God can take me. You know, you can't be telling God who to take. Because not, and, you know, I don't, and the thing of it is, as an evolved spiritual person at 38 and not just believe that I was going to go to hell every five minutes like I was raised to believe, I don't believe God takes anyone and I don't believe the devil takes anyone. Um, I believe life is just life. And he, you know, was ill, you know, uh, there was a report about how Percocet and the flu, um, are a deadly combination because Percocet already, diminishes your breathing capacity and when you have the flu um which he you know was reportedly uh, he had to be stopped because of the flu that it's just that's a bad combination because your breathing is already depressed and you know my first thought was oh my god why didn't he cancel his shows i mean these stars cancel their shows for anything these days janet jackson's like i think i want to have a baby sometime in the future so i'm gonna cancel the rest of my tour it's like but that also speaks to his level of his dedication as a performer and a musicologist. And, you know, not that I'm shading anyone else who had to stop a tour for whatever reason, but let's dive into Prince the Musician. So his first album was For You. It was followed up by his 1979 album Prince, which had his first big hit, I Want to Be Your Lover. And then we had Controversy. And, of course, 1999, the apocalyptic, futuristic ode to partying if it's Judgment Day. I mean, oh, my God, that's all I kept thinking about. I'm like, well, you know, 
he said 2000 party over oops out of time he made it all the way there and 16 years beyond um let's go around we did this a few weeks ago when we were talking about the autobiography but i want to do it again and and now i'm not limiting it to one mel tell me what your favorite prince songs were uh prince songs uh, i said before adore is my favorite i love the lyrics they are beautiful Ugh, everything um little red corvette who doesn't love that one? And it's got such a great guitar rift in it. And y'all know how I am about guitars. I can't help myself. Um, let's see. What else do I love? Um, let's go crazy. Um, Computer Blue. And, of course, Darling Nikki. Because who doesn't love a good, nasty Prince song? I mean, come on. <laughs> yes, girl, let me tell you. I got hit with the floss water. I will never forget in my kitchen. Because we watched the movie as a family. Um, we did, I'm going to be honest. We did not go to the multiplex. I was raised by old people. So, I, that's Luke, that's my sad story. All of my friends would be coming in on, um, you know, Monday morning. Oh, <laughs> just uh, Superman. And Thelma, whatever I talked about, can I go see Superman? Boy, we pay for HBO. It'll be on HBO in a minute. Better hush. You know, I didn't get to go see nothing that I saw as a kid. I saw um, the great Muppet caper. And the only Superman I saw at the movies was the awful one where he had to fight that yellow-haired man who was trying to um, get out of nuclear weapons. Uh, quest for peace. I didn't get to see any of the good ones at the movies because my grandmother was like, we're well, going out of the way to take some cattle. But, you know, for the pay, and look, it was only $5 back then. <laughs> you know, now it's like... If, been- if it's any consolation, Jamie, the first movie I watched in the theater was The Man in the Iron Mask with Leonardo DiCaprio in 1998 or 9. I started uh, going to the movies as a teenager because by that point she was like you know because it was never you know with me that was never a morality thing it was just a I done worked all week and I am not about to put my shoes back on to take you to see no movie you better go in there and watch TV because I pay for all them cable channels that's what I got told so I had to wait till the movies got on TV until I was 12 or 13 and then a friend's mom would be like can we take Jamie to see Days of Thunder is it nasty (laughs) No, man, it's a racing movie. And then I'm all excited. Ooh, it is a little nasty. But she was like, all right, he can go then. Because, you know, yeah, she wasn't taking me to the movies. But we saw Purple Purple Rain when it came. I think we actually got that on VHS. We did, too. Yeah, we made a big deal of it. And my grandmother, she loved a good story. But then she would complain about the nasty parts, which that movie had a ton of nasty parts. And she loved the song Purple Rain. Loved it. But... When darling Nikki came on, she made my uncle fast forward. Fast forward with that nasty song. But I went back and watched it. And then I was was in the kitchen washing dishes and just singing it. Man, a girl named Nikki. And I got to the part about masturbating that I felt a fly swat on my back. I didn't even know she was in the kitchen. Stop singing that nasty ass song in my house. Yeah, so that's the thing. Luke's parents seem to be a little more, you know, like your parents were 100% toe the line about the religious stuff. My grandmother was religious, but then you'd hear her on the on the phone. I done told you not to call my house. I'm going to pay that AT&T bill when I get good and damn ready. <laughs> so Jesus would have kind of given her a pass, I guess. But anyway, back to 
uh, Prince and Purple Rain and Darling Nikki. That scene, because of course, MTV, shout out to MTV for remembering what you went into the business for. Mm -hmm. Because, mm -hmm. oh my God, they have played his videos all weekend and they've been playing Purple Rain and that Darling Nikki scene. Now it makes, it didn't make sense to me as a kid, but I'm like, oh my God, mm -hmm. he was basically calling Apollonia Darling mm -hmm. Nikki. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah, Jillian, what are your favorite Prince songs? Oh my God! Well, y'all already know my darling Nikki story. Got my ass toe up for that one. Um, the beautiful ones. Oh yeah. Purple yeah. Rain. Purple Rain has a sick. Wait, is it Purple Rain? Purple Rain has a sick guitar rift, and so does Darling Nikki. Like it's like oh insane. Um, Let's Go Crazy, Raspberry Beret, yes. nineteen ninety nine. When the doves cry, Rad, um, Red Corvette got me in trouble too. I, boy, Prince got me in a lot of trouble, boy. I was singing that. And the ride, the ride is so smooth. You got a pocket full of horses. Girl, I got a nice. I'm used. I didn't understand that one until I was old. Girl, got a Oh, I missed half of what was going on in Prince's songs when I was a kid. That Yeah, he was so metaphorical and that's the thing you if you were a kid and you didn't understand when he's talking about the ride in the limousine is so smooth that's why i would get in trouble because you'd be you know your parents knew but you're like i thought he was really talking about a car oh it's true like i got that there was a girl but i thought the girl just drove a red corvette and oh, that was like her oh, thing i mean oh read, listening to it it's still oh, totally yeah it's so skillful like it is not like the thing that i like too is that he wrote about sex in a way that celebrated women rather than being like mm -hmm. oh these cheap hoes whatever it was the opposite like he you were talking about women that he loved women that he respected even if it was for one night he was, you know, he was with her. And he was at so night. sex positive. And yeah. you know how so many controversial artists, when you go back and listen to them decades later, you're like, why was that controversial? Like Elvis, you know, when you hear, oh, I mean, Elvis scandalized, you know, parents in the 50s. And you're like, really? Prince, the, the controversy still holds up. I mean, when you listen now, you're still blushing like, you know, oh my God, he was talking about some deep, nasty, well, you know, we say nasty, but really, you know, and now I'm going to be honest, it's, it, this brought back something, because, you know, I'm a Justin Timberlake fan, and if you, you know, when Justin did I'm Bringing Sexy Back, Prince shaded him, and, you know, at an award show, he said, I never knew sexy left. You know, that started this little mini feud, and at the time, I was like, because, you know, there was a trend at that point in music where Aretha had gotten mad at Beyonce, and, you know, you know, now we have Mariah mad at Ariana Grande. So I was just kind of thinking, okay, y'all, don't be ungracious. Like, are y'all just mad at the next generation? But now I get it because I'm like, yes, I love me some Justin or whatever. But no, he never needed to bring Sexy back because when you <laughs> watch Purple Rain, it was like, this man brought Sexy here to stay. Sarah, what were your favorite Prince Okay, songs? really, like, I'm going to think about it, back about it. And it's like, the thing that got me into him was when I heard When Doves Cry on the radio. And, like, 
That was a song. I mean, that is still one of my favorite songs. It's just a beautiful song. And that one, I did get the lyrics. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is about, like, when your parents have a screwed up relationship and, like, you're worried you're going to grow up to be like them because, like, that was something I could get from my own life, not applied to a romantic relationship at that age, obviously. But, like, you know, I totally was like, I get this. And, you know, I want to hear more about, you know, more of this person singing and, like, the beat. And it was so original. And now I know it's because there was no bass line. I obviously as a kid wouldn't have picked up on that. Which is and insane. It's just, yeah, it's just insane. And people point out, like, you know, reading some of the stuff, they're like, this is one of the weirdest songs to have ever become a number one, especially given what was going on in music at that time. Because people forget that, like, the 80s were full of, like, Bill Collins and stuff like that, you know, chopping the charts. So, I mean, I love that one. Um, I mean, everything on the Purple Rain album is great. Raspberry Beret is just like a, another fun song that I didn't realize how sexy it was until I got older. And some of the more recent ones, Seven, a little underappreciated one that all seven and they watch them. I, that just, and it, when you think about it, that one is really religious when you think about it. Like I had to like decode it and figure out what it was talking about. And also, Money Don't Matter Tonight. That's mm. a, those, that's like good, good ones. And I also like the songs he wrote. For other people, notably women, I feel for you. He wrote for Shaka yeah! and Glamorous Life, which is still my jam. Ah! He wrote for Sheila E. That song informs everything I do. I don't care if it makes me shallow or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, and I have to say, he was the best. Like, I'm thinking about it. Like, when you think about Kiss, the line, you don't have to watch Dynasty to have an attitude. is just mm, a fantastic yes. line. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And the thing of it is, I totally miss the, the, the lesson he was trying to teach with Glamorous Life. I'm listening to it like, I want to be her. Me because too. Without love, it ain't much. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll pass that off. <laughs> like, and I totally was like, I want that <laughs> I know. And I'm like, she don't need a man's touch. She can just go get it herself. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. If I can afford, uh, if you have to, <laughs> what is it, the line? She was in the section marked, if you have to ask, you can't afford it, lingerie. I'm like, when can I shop in that section? Luke, I know, like we said at the beginning, that you were, you know, because of your uh, religious upbringing, I know you did never get to hear about Prince in your house. But when, oh, you, no. when you came of age, we, you know, we talked, and I remember you said that you, you know, you found Whitney and other um, artists at boarding school. Did you ever get a chance to... What is your history with Prince, if you have My one? history with Prince is I've heard Purple Rain in maybe a movie soundtrack or on the radio occasionally, and that's it. The most I know about Prince was that for the writing project I've been working on for several years, I was working on a character, and I wanted them to perform a really good song with a lot of like vocal range and have it be a male per like a male character. And so I was looking at music videos. And so that was basically the extent of my exposure. Cause I was like, I think I could have him sing a Prince song. Well, you and, know, that's it. and it's funny you mentioned music videos because that's in this YouTube era where you can just go and watch all of your favorite old videos. That's the one thing you really can't do with Prince because, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about that a little bit later. He was, oh, there's a lot of them that have been uploaded yeah, recently. And that's just yeah. because Before he has that? not, he has not had the chance to, well, you know, of course he's passed now, but usually, oh, he'll find a way he's going to yeah. like, from the grave, he will be, the people. Yeah. Don't be getting used to it because Prince will have, oh, them yeah, because, because they talked about this, like, mm-hmm. um, the reason how this all came into play in 2007, some lady uploaded her daughter singing 
a Prince song. And Prince did not care that she was a child. Prince was like, "Mm -mm, no, ma'am, and zapped it and said copyright infringement. And the lady tried to sue Prince, and they said that the lawsuit is still going on to this day. Like, Prince was just not for that. He was like, this is my music. This is my art. Like, yeah. Like, and, it, yeah. It, you know, and it makes sense. I mean, I, I used to think Prince, and, you know, not that all of my opinions are dying or changing because he died, but it's just like I've been reading more. When someone dies, it, this is, and this is such a sad testament to life, but journalists, dry, you know, figure out how to explore and drive home their journey a lot more succinctly and with compassion than when it's going on. Because when Prince was, you know, writing slave across his face and changing his name to the symbol, it was treated like a joke, you know? And so you tell you, you know, especially if you're, you know, working class, you think, oh my God, he's a millionaire and he's all complaining, blah, blah, blah. But then when you really read and, you know, learn about what, how Warner Brothers royally screwed him over on his masters and right. things like that. You see why. Okay, this is why he is like, no, you will not yeah. get my work for free. Mm-hmm. Not even on YouTube. You will not. And Taylor think- Swift is the same way because he, you know, not that I'm comparing her, but I'm just saying Prince retweeted Taylor Swift. Um, I read often. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of this, but, you know, Taylor in recent years has kind of been leading the fight of, Hell no, iTunes and and Spotify and places like that. You're not going to get my latest song about me dating Jake Gyllenhaal without paying for me. Yeah, and yeah, because like a lot, because I ain't going to lie. When I heard about the, like, when I remember that slave thing, my mom was like, how the hell is he a slave and he's a millionaire? He's a fool. But not until he broke it down when he talked about it in interviews and now that he's passed, you yeah. read why he did it, you know, because it was unheard of. He got like a three-record deal from Warner Brothers when he was 17, and they promised him he would get his master's, and they reneged on it, and Prince was like, oh, hell no. Like, up until a few years, he did it a few years ago, he said in an interview, he was like, I don't own Purple Rain. I don't own When Doves Cry. Mm-hmm. This is what I was fighting for, and he finally got him back, so... Yeah. Can we pause for a second or not pause, but can I just ask you to expound on that? Because I'm not familiar with how that works. What exactly are masters? His master, the master copies of his tracks. Yeah. So like, because I know like some artists who like write their own music tend to own more of it. Whereas if you're just a singer, right, oh, uh, singing well, something that yeah. people have performed, no. like written okay. already. Okay. He owned, well, you know, he did all of his music and everything and wrote all his shit, but the original copies of the songs that he recorded so they could make music. Warner Brothers owned them and they had promised in his deal that he would get them and they reneged on it. Luke, like me, I tend to learn a lot of things through scripted television. I know you are the same way. Go back to thinking of of the first season of Empire and the big storyline about Lucius Lyons and Beretti. That was their central. Oh, so like the, with the cook. Okay, yeah, got it. And the that, and, yeah, well, no, Beretti owned Lucius's masters, and that is a mm-hmm. huge thing for a musician. So, it's like owning the copyright to your your so work. So think of it like this: like you know, say for example, like they can release any, like they can do any album with those masters, 
and you know, since they own it, they can do like a tribute album. They could do the compilations. That's why, it's that's like he does like, like the Michael music. Jackson catalog was such a big deal because he owned a portion of it or remember, whatever. You remember that big controversy with Michael Jackson and the Beatles? It's because Michael Jackson bought the the master. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was Paul's fault being a yeah. fool. I'm like, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, like you can you you can license you can use the masters like like what Mel just said like. Uh, Michael Jackson license come together mm-hmm. for a Nike commercial, and Paul and Paul had, had a fit. He was like, "This is some bullshit." And Michael was like, "Well, I own them, bitch." So mm-hmm. you can do stuff like that with the Masters. So I'll go ahead and reveal my uh, favorite song before we go to a different topic on on Prince. Um, I mentioned a few weeks ago that I love Diamonds and Pearls, and that I couldn't decide between it and I Would Die for You. Um, as my favorite and then another favorite is uh if i was your girlfriend and it hit me i'm like okay jamie well i'm putting myself on a therapist's couch each one of those songs really drive home prince's androgyny which probably spoke to me growing up um because diamonds and pearls says you know would you be a happy boy or a girl you know if i gave you the world and then i would die for you says I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. I am something that you'll never understand. And I think even as a kid, I was like, that's me. That's like me. (laughs) And um, if I was your girlfriend, you know, all these really, Prince made it okay. You know, when you're growing up in Texas, which anybody who's seen Friday Night Lights, it's spot on. If you don't have, you know, a football in your hand or a basketball, you are, and you're a male, you are looked at. You know, I might as well have been swinging naked from a chandelier, you know, no, with no, no, no. tassels on my boobs at seven because I no, didn't want to play no, on my chest. No, no, you no, might as well. In no. Texas, if you were a little boy who oh. likes fashion or soap operas or anything other than I... football, basketball, you might as well just go ahead and dress up like Richard Simmons. Oh, my God. And... I just got a, a, that episode from the Boondocks. Where they spoof Tyler Perry, just pop exactly. I mean, that is how you get looked at. Uh, look, one of the one of the coaches in my middle school, we that we were at an assembly, and the, te- the you know the guy was the principal was talking about something, and I was reading Sweet Valley High. The coach grabbed the book, looked at the cover, and looked at me with disgust. You know, and now as an adult, I said it's like he thought it's like he saw a cock in my mouth. I was just reading Sweet Valley High. <laughs> You know, it wasn't that big of a deal, but that is how you're treated if you do anything, quote unquote, sissified in Texas. And so Prince, you could look at his music and and Michael Jackson, too, and, you know, definitely Michael Jackson, too. But Michael Jackson was that artist that, you know, macho black America. And, you know, there was a lot of white America that was very macho and bigoted there, too. Um, Everybody loved Michael Jackson, but, you know, there were still those little silly limericks. I pledge allegiance to the flag that Michael Jackson is a fact. So it's like people loved Michael Jackson, but, you know, everybody still made fun of him. But with Prince, I saw something different. It was like all of my macho uncles and stuff loved Prince. And I'm like, this cat is in lingerie and high heels. But Prince was unapologetic about wanting women. So it was like, oh, you know, so you can be androgynous and be loved by the much, the most much. And you would even start, you know, long before, I think you guys probably remember when Brad Pitt first came out as, you know, during the Thelma and Louise era, oh, yeah. he was just so In beautiful. hot pants? 
That would be, yeah. And straight guys used to go around and say, well, you know, you know, if I was to like, which let you know that, yeah, you're thinking about it. But like, yeah, if if I was to ever like go gay, like once maybe it would be for Brad Pitt. I used to hear people say, you know, the most macho guys say that about Prince. Like, well, you know, I mean, I, I, I ain't, you're never going to be gay or nothing, but like, you know, if I did. And then I think, wasn't it, who made that, some comedian made that as a joke, too. Was it, um, was it Chris Rock? No, was it Jamie Foxx? I think it was Jamie Foxx. I think it was, yeah, Jamie Foxx was like, you know, I ain't gay, but I fuck Prince. <laughs> you know, so he was just like... That guy that made it okay to be yeah. androgynous and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, but... I saw something uh, on Twitter that said, uh, Prince proved that there's no right way to be a man. And I mm-hmm. loved that. Prince well, is that... Yeah. I was okay. going to say Prince, cause, uh, and also guys knew Prince was that dude that would snake your woman. Like, some guy wrote... In her clothes, how about that? Yes, in her clothes too, <laughs> bitch. Like, some guy said he went to a concert he was there with his girlfriend and um, security came up to her and was like, do you want to meet Prince? And she was like, sure. He said, I never saw that girl again. Never <laughs> saw her And again. I believe that story. I yes. believe that happened. A lot of people said that happened. I'm like, growing up, it always used to be, if Barry White sang to your girl, her drawers are gone. And growing up, Prince come to talk to your girl. His five foot self gonna take your girl. So... Mm-hmm. I have a question. Oh God. Okay, go ahead. Not about not about that. Mm-hmm. But if Michael Jackson was the king of pop, where do you, where does Prince versus Michael Jackson compare? Well, Prince, Prince, was Prince is Prince is sexier. Prince has a better body of work to me. I know people can come for me on Twitter on that one, but uh, he you does. know he does. Um, but uh, to me, like, what's funny, too, because I remember this came up, like, Chris Rock interviewed Prince for VH1 once. And at no. the time, um, like, Michael Jackson was, like, you know, he was, like, the most wholesome. Everybody loved him. Like, he was allegedly dating Brooke Shields. He was, you know, he was just, like, the person, like, your, you know, your grandma was, like, okay with you liking Michael Jackson. Whereas Prince, everyone was like, oh, he's nasty. Oh, he's this. Oh, he's that. And then, like, you know, Chris Rock was like, so remember when people thought you were the weird one? And Prince was like... Well, you know, because that like... makes so much sense because it, it speaks to repression. And Michael spent so much time trying to cultivate that wholesome image. Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah, he grabbed his, his his crotch, but big deal. I mean, he was like, I'm going to, you know, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. Prince and, was just you know, so unapologetic. So, so I kind of feel like, and it's also interesting. So, See, now you say that because he, like, Michael Jackson was like, it don't matter for black or white. Whereas in controversy, Prince says, like, am I black or am I white? Am I straight or am I gay? Like, he's like, this is something you're worrying about. I know who I am. So, yeah, it's kind in of in the world of in the world of number one hits, iconic music videos, and all oh, the stuff. Jackson. that I mean, you know, that's. Jackson. I mean, that's. But it's no different than I mean, in, in pop culture, unfortunately, um, until someone dies, spends too much time worrying about things like that because the Spice Girls are the number one oh selling God. girl group of all time, and anybody but, who knows a, a group called Diana Ross and the Supremes or TLC is looking at that role in their eyes all the way up into their stratosphere. But back to because, what you're saying. Oh, yeah, sorry, it's not always about, you know, yeah, Michael obviously 
was the better seller. I, I Prince was say, the better musician. I and I would say mm-hmm. that it's kind of apples and oranges because Michael was just exactly. I was about to pop. say Michael yeah. was strictly pop, whereas Prince was, was everything. pop. He was R and B. He was rock. Yeah. He was mm-hmm. everything. He you was know, funk. And I feel he like was funk too. Yeah. Michael made music, you know, kind of for families and yeah. for like Jamie was saying, a wholesome image. Prince made he also had like a what twenty year head start on Prince because yeah. he grew up as little Michael Jackson before our eyes and the, well not before our eyes because we were all too young but before our our parents Jackson eyes. Jackson I would say like five. the sixties yeah and Prince came on the scene like in the the late seventies and so, he was yeah. you know counterculture he was not Prince is more in the same category with your David Bowie's and yeah. your yeah. Mick Jaggers and you know I mean he really did you know cross see and there's another one with David Bowie when he passed away I was like I don't get this and I but was okay. so well, over him too yeah and I have to say if you compare it for that it's amazing how what many hits Prince had because it's like David Bowie I think he only had like one number one hit in the US I mean he had plenty in England where he's from but like Prince had a ton like Purple Rain sold so many albums I mean it had like almost every single song on it had it was made into a single because every which was a big deal back then and you know 1999 had a ton of hits and oh my frankly, god that was my shit and here's the other thing when you think about it how many of his songs could not be played on the radio at that time and he still sold mm-hmm. albums because that was the main way things were marketed back then and i mean even now like i was just listening to lyrics of i want to be your lover and i'm like how did i not pick up on how nasty that song is mm-hmm. it's like i'm gonna be the only one who makes you come i'm like Yes. Look, I got in trouble at a high school dance because, you know, you couldn't dance freaky at a dance. And, you know, I was forever getting in trouble for that because I would do the Vogue and add my own. Oh, God. Stuff. But whatever that line and get off, let me show you, baby, I'm a talented boy. I'd stick my tongue, out, my little 14-year-old tongue, all the way out my mouth and just roll my ass cheeks. <laughs> oh, my God. Baby, I'm a talented. Because Prince was just freak nasty and you loved it. My mother and I were on Facebook comparing notes because, you know, I'm only 16 years younger than my mom. So we ended up liking a lot of the same music, which is so weird at the time. I'm like, I cannot be talking about Get Off With You. Hello, you're my mother. But, you know, it's just <laughs> Prince, yeah. It, he, there will never be another like, oh my God. Let's That's- go around the room because you know, there's a, a really funny meme that's going around, basically, of Prince saying, y'all better not let Lifetime do <laughs> my biopic. I've been already racking my brain. I'm like, my first thought is Jesse Smollett from Empire, but then there's uh, also, like, yeah. Miguel. Um, and I'll be honest, from the soap world, I, I told Jillian this, uh, from the daytime soap world, in terms of finding someone with the right coloring and the right height, and he from primetime ish too. Yeah. Lil, well, Lil Richie from <laughs> Family Matters, yeah. Brighton. Brighton James mm. with, you know, a curly wig. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he did. Brighton did toy with singing. Didn't he? He's beefed up a lot, though, re- in recent well, years know, I mean, in terms of on. muscular. I mean, true, but I mean, in the, in, the era where, in the era where Matthew McConaughey can drop 100 pounds for a movie, he can drop. 20 you know so brighton james 
with you know, if, look, I need a Snapchat filter to put a Prince wig on his head. I, I, he would kind of, and there's Evan Ross. And I also want to say, for the record, Brighton is well over five foot two. I have interviewed him before. He's plenty taller than I am. So well, everybody's taller than you, Sam. <laughs> well, that's what, not, not Prince. Not Prince. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, they were. It's going to be hard. To, well, Kevin Hart is the only actor who can play him by height. But um, uh, Jillian, who do you think? would play Prince. and, and I thought know. of Evan Ross, too. Evan would be good, too. Not Jussie, but one of his, you know, he got a ton of brothers, too, that act as well, but Evan Ross would be a really good fit to play him. What about you, Sarah? Who do you think? And I was, like, sitting there trying to think of, like, who's a musician who has the same vibe? And I'm like, and then I'm like, this is like the carbon copy Broke down bargain basement of him because I'm like, well, the weekend is the one who's trying to do no. what he's doing, but, no. he but no. I don't want him to play it. <laughs> like, this last part of my sentence. And I'm like, I can't think of any singer today who has the right kind of sex appeal. And oh, 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 Bruno Mars. Why, why don't you like a, speaking of daytime? Why don't you have? I mean, I don't know how if he's Bruno too tall, Flynn. but what about Rome Flynn who plays Zen? No, no he's the no. wrong shade, boy. Well, well, the wrong Rome shade. Zen, Rome Zen would be, I mean, I don't, he would be fine in terms of shade because I mean, they got Zoe no. playing, uh, and you see the backlash for yeah, that. Yeah, but that wouldn't be the same. I mean, that's just two levels of the brown paper bag. But no, but I mean, I think it's like we do have to need someone who's a great actor. Like, I think yeah, he got to be black, though. I don't know about Bruno. Bruno got some. Chocolate Bruno, in is, Bruno is Spanish, so no. And Prince no. will come out that grave. Prince will come out that grave and be like, "I want a brother playing me." Yeah, I mean, but, I the smallest are the best thought. So yeah. far, are we? Yeah. I'd have to see each of them audition for the role to decide which one was right for the part. Well, we are revoking you for the weekend, well, right? And, now. And, and the thing oh, I'm <laughs> trying to think of who was doing it. I said, "But I don't want him to." Oh, just okay, Mel. Of, She's still of, back in the family, right, Mel? Because I was yes, just like, sitting there, because I was like, who is Prince today? And I was like, well, who is Prince that's trying it's, to be sexy? But it's yeah. like, not well, just well, well, you know, they said just... it might be an unknown. But, you know, another thing to think about is Broadway. Because, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda is having a huge, success, I... hugely successful run with Hamilton. So I'm like, will we see Purple Rain, the Broadway musical? Or Oh, man. When he Hamilton was able yeah. to pull it off. Like, because... Yeah. I mean, I know. Speaking exactly. of which, did you see the music video with with uh, Jennifer Hudson? Yeah, that was. Oh gross. my god. Or the, the color that purple was cast. Really yeah, really yep. hollering for Prince. Prince was like, "I can hear you, and I'm dead." No, I like that one, but you know, no. I I just stopped myself from commenting because I didn't. Because look, everybody has their right to mourn their icons, but multiple people were tweeting me, "Jamie, did you see Fantasias?" And I was like, I wanted to tweet I that so bad. I'm good. <laughs> But the Hamilton be waiting for folks to die so she can yelp. Anyway, but what the Hamilton cast was good when they did their tribute to Prince. But yeah. yeah, if you look around from the Eiffel Tower to Niagara Falls, all of these you know monuments are turning purple. I didn't even see. You know, and I would have gathered that Whitney was more popular than Prince just because she was America's songbird. I mean, but of course, she also didn't have a signature color. But it's like, well, I was kind of taken aback because I loved Prince that way. But, you know, you always kind of felt like he didn't get the respect he deserved in pop culture. But the whole world was turning purple. And I'm like, wow, I don't I even really. I felt he did. He and just... it's all. Also- 
Yeah, I and mean, he has, does have a multi-generational appeal, because apparently today's yeah. teenagers, like, they discovered him through, like, all of, like, the gifts and stuff of him, and they're like, who's that guy? And, it, you yeah. know, now you can look <laughs> up anybody. Now you can look up anybody. Oh, God, his shade was finesse. Yeah, and so, and because, thanks to things like iTunes and YouTube, and well, not YouTube so much, not iTunes, but, like, title, I guess, for him, but, I mean, it was a, it is possible to look at music of any era now mm. easily and so you know and now like people's parents are like prince fans and they may have introduced their kids to it because his stuff it does age well oh yeah and, and you know parents are like i remember like with my uncles when i would be singing casey and jojo my, one of my uncles would be like that ain't no music that ain't marvin gay <laughs> so yeah you know i'm sure if i had a child right now and they came in the house singing Ariana Grande. I'd be like, shut up! Turn that mess on put on some prints. Now, that's a song right there. So, yeah, he will live um, forever. Um, Whitney Houston said, the trick is not to live forever, but the trick is to create something that will. And I think Prince definitely did that. Now, as we are an hour into this podcast, we were going to hit some other topics, but we'll have to... Save some for later because we don't want to go too long. But I do want to talk about another um, musical icon who is well on her way to forever status, and that is Beyonce. Uh, This weekend, she dropped her visual album, they're calling it. Um, I have not seen it yet, but, you know, Beyonce is coming up with new and innovative ways to do things. So she released an album on HBO called... Lemonade. I haven't seen it. Jillian, you've seen it. Mel, have you seen it? No, I have not. Okay, so Jillian, give us your take on Lemonade. Well, you know, I was yapping with you when it was on, and I was paying attention to it a little bit, and it was, well, the songs, I listened to it later on, but the songs are phenomenal. Lemonade is like Beyonce's, like, diary. She's just raw. She's just gritty. She talks about infidelity. I'm like, Jay-Z, you better sleep with one eye open, bro. You better you better sleep, you know, you better sleep in the west wing of y'all estate is what you need to do because it seems like Bay is still pissed off. Like she alludes to infidelity people don't know. Um she even gets she even talks about her father. She takes it like she gets so raw and gritty like you heard rumors that she was gonna do like a tribute or like do a video where she had some of the kids who were killed by police officers and who were you know that dumbass George Zimmerman who killed Trayvon Martin you heard that she was gonna have their mothers in her video so one video she's talking about injustice and everything and inequality and she has like uh, Mike Brown's mother holding up a picture of him. She has like Trayvon Martin's mother, I believe, in there. She has Tamir Wright's mother in there holding their picture. It's just so raw and gritty. And like Beyonce is just singing about everything. She gives you a little bit of everything. And by the by, everybody kept freaking out about, oh, she's singing about hot sauce in her bag. Spoiler alert. She has a baseball bat where she just, just wrecks shit up in one song the baseball bat is called hot sauce so i'm like oh shit beyonce is one of them hood chicks who carries well, a baseball now hillary, bat look hillary clinton's team is gonna have to scramble i mean well you, well, you know well she ran around <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, no shade, but that was kind of silly for people to think she was trying to capitalize off that because who uh, Hillary or yeah, who, Hillary. Well, no, I think she totally wasn't. You know, I love Hillary. I'm voting for Hillary, but well, she totally was. No, Hillary. because when you do a quick Google search, Hillary has always liked hot sauce. They even did like a piece about that shit like some years ago. So I didn't think. I didn't think that was anything anybody, you know, other people did, but I'm like, Google showed you that that I'm wasn't the case. I'm a registered Democrat, and I, look, Hillary, okay. I Hillary. That's fine, but no, but I didn't. I feel Hillary was pandering. Somebody made a meme about her with the Prince situation. <laughs> they have a picture of Hillary with the Prince wig on, and it's like, watch Hillary show up to the next debate dressed like Prince, but go ahead. But, yeah, but I didn't take it that way. But um, she has home movies in there. You see her wedding. You see her mother's wedding. You see her after she has Little Blue. You show she finally puts to rest, y'all. Y'all know people kept saying because of that angle the camera took when she did this interview. They were like, oh, she got a fake belly. That ain't none of her, baby. She has a surrogate. She puts that to rest because they show, you know, she has a video of her showing her exposed stomach so it's like it's so funny how those things become um urban legends you know that her with the quote-unquote fake baby was the modern one and then when we were coming up it was you know janet jackson got a baby with that guy from the barge Reba raising that baby and it gets into your mind so much that you believe it you start looking at reba's kids like "Hmm." and that's still going on by the by but um (laughs) You know, she also, like, she set off a shitstorm, Beyonce, because in her in her song, Sorry, she talks about, you know, about infidelity, and she talks, like, she sings about, you know, something to the, I'm paraphrasing, like, what are you going to say when I'm gone, when I'm dead and gone, that I was the baddest bitch that you ever had, and this and that, and, you know, she just goes in, and then she was like, you know, you don't want me when I'm here. You you only want me when I'm here. But go talk to Becky with the good hair. Now, this is the shitstorm. So, you remember back in the back of like last year that Beyonce went to that Met Gala and Solange tore Jay-Z up in that elevator. And you're like, why the hell are they fighting? So rumors came out that she was fighting Jay-Z because Jay-Z is close with a woman named Rachel Roy, who's a designer, that she didn't like their friendship. She said something to Rachel. Rachel tried to get cute. And the Noel sisters tag team Rachel, not fist fighting, but they had a war of words with her. And in the elevator, Solange went off on Jay-Z because she felt that he should have nipped it in the bud. Well, Rachel Roy decides to fan the flames by posting something on instagram i read that and listen to you go ahead luke go ahead boy no i i just read it i was reading about it i'm, I'm interested to hear what you was what you what your comments are on it because yeah. i was reading an article about it. it was like oh this is soapy yeah so rachel roy posts this bit this this thing but she deleted it because the beehive came for that ass she goes good hair don't care Remember, Beyonce said Becky with the good hair. She goes, good hair, don't care, but we'll take the good, we'll take good lighting for selfies or self-truths always. Live in, live in the light. Hashtag no drama queen. See, so, ass if I was Beyonce, you uh-uh, would mock me on the Instagram. I would uh-huh. drive to her house and mm-hmm. whoop her 
ass if I was And that's probably why Solange went and, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, See, that's where I question with Solange, though, because I'm going to be real. You know, yeah, Jay-Z needed to get his kicks, but I would have turned the Met Gala out. Well, you that's know? what she did with the both of them. Mm-hmm. She said something to old girl. And you gonna get, and then you gonna have the audacity to get on Instagram right. trying so, to mock somebody. Mm-mm. So I, I haven't given you the good part yet. <laughs> I haven't given you the good part. So you know, she was supposed to go to Kim's wedding. The Knowles Carters was supposed to go to Kim's wedding, but Rachel Roy's a friend of Kim's, and they were like, "Nah, we good. We're not going there because that hoe's there." So. The teehee with Rachel Roy is Rachel Roy is also the ex-wife of Dame Dash, Jay-Z's former friend and business partner for Rockefeller. So people are like, what? So when she posted that thing on Instagram, they were like, oh, bitch, you outed yourself as Becky. And when I tell you, Beyonce's fans trolled her so hard. I was like, you know. But they need to get a troll navigator because Us Weekly has a story. Let me interject here. This is hilarious. And I will be posting this on the Daytime Confidential blog. Oh, yeah. Because some Beehive members thought that Becky was Rachel Ray, the TV chef, not Rachel Roy, <laughs> the fashion designer. So apparently, according to Us Weekly, the Beehive has been posting stuff like throwing your cookbook in the trash. <laughs> Rachel Ray is like, what are y'all talking about? I'm yes. making extra virgin olive oil over here. I ain't slept with that camel. <laughs> yes, and like some, so you know, the shade room cat caught some of it, and they're like, the Bayhive is like, this is the wrong person. They're like, y'all stop. <laughs> so one person is like, it's Rachel Roy. Rachel Ray is the bitch who cooks in microwaves. <laughs> they have gone in. So Rachel, so Rachel Roy. I don't care. So this is what I don't expect. Troll Rachel Roy. Troll Rachel Roy all you want. The kids don't have anything to do with it. Some Beehive members attacked her daughters. And I'm like, okay, that's not cool. Yeah, you know, if a mama's a... That, you know, if your mama popping and locking, that's your mama. That's not the kid. You know that's from God with the wind, Scarlett O'Hara. I hate you and I hate your baby, Melly. <laughs> well, Rachel Roy finally, like, tried to break her silence with the beehive. It's like, bitch, no way. So she tweets out, you know, I respect love, marriages, families, and strength. What shouldn't be tolerated by anyone, no matter what, is bullying of any kind. So people are like, bitch, bye. Like, so you just, you're making it seem like it's you. Like, you you fan the flame. So, you know, you know Jay-Z is sleeping. Well, you know Jay-Z is like, you know, whenever security opens the door, is that Solange? No, boss. You know, take out- and the thing of it is, it's like I I really bought into that. I mean, I was a, I've been a fan of Beyonce's back since Destiny's Child was like doing county fairs in Texas. But I really, you know, when she and Jay got together, I really loved that whole They're Bonnie and Clyde era and stuff. So yeah. you know, and of course, you know. of all marriages end in divorce. You know, the stats are most people are non-monogamous. Most people cheat, especially men. I mean, there's nothing about this is new, but you always kind of hope that maybe, you know, because he did just, I mean, he rapped about how lucky he was to get this girl because let's just be real, you know. They call him Joe Campbell here. If, 
it wasn't about, you know, not that it was all about money, but Beyonce cute. You know, she could, but you know, Halle Berry proves that beautiful women can still get cheated on every day of the week. I mean, Princess Diana shows. You know, no, I, but I'll give, I will give that a little bit of leeway because he never wanted to marry her. He was in love with Camilla and Mama Queen was like, no, you're not going to marry that divorcee because it would not be proper for the throne. So, I, you know, Prince Charles, I kind of cut for a little bit because he was forced into marriage. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was basically an arranged marriage. Yeah, so he and had that's no why Will, you know, what's his name broke that, uh, Prince William. He was like, I'm going to marry the girl I want to marry. You know, um, yeah. Woo, but, we hit, we're hitting a but, lot of pop culture topics. But to be fair, Beyonce has never confirmed or denied that she and Jay-Z are having the had issues or cheated. People yeah. just assume. Yeah, because, she's a great musician because at the right. end of the day, music, the best musicians put their art into, I mean, when Justin did Cry Me a River and, you know, had that oh, girl in the video that, that looked just like... Um, Britney. Britney. And then, yeah. you know, there was oh, Carly Simon is the most famous example. Yeah. Example. I mean, people are still trying to figure out. Um, I think she didn't love it, but it, you yeah, know, one was so boring. vain. And, you know, I mean, so that's the thing about being an artist. You are able to use your pain into your art. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of TV before we wrap. Tonight, Game of Thrones comes back, and yes! I am living my life. Cannot Look, wait. As soon as I get off this podcast, I'm going to run yes. up to Taco Bell, get a little bit of something to eat, and come back so I can see if Jon Snow lives. Mel, are you excited? Oh, I'm so excited right now. Like, I have HBO go up right now. All I got to do is press the button as soon as we get off this podcast. I'm so excited to see what happens. I want to know what's going on. I hope they show Khaleesi tonight because they don't always show her. But she got captured at the end of last season. I need to know exactly what's going on. I want to know about Jon Snow, too. I want to know what's going on with um, Arya since she went blind. There's so much. There's so many unresolved things. I need to know what is going on tonight in Westeros. Girl, they showed a picture of Khaleesi with some big strapping Dothraki. And <laughs> I know that's controversial for most fans, but I was like... I don't know her, so I don't know the Dothraki. Uh, Luke, what are your... You know, are you ex- hey, I'm so excited for it. I went and took a USA Today quiz to find out which Lannister I was, and I ended up being, or which uh, Game of Thrones character I was, and I ended up being Tywin Lannister. I was like, okay, he's not bad. He didn't go out the greatest, mm. but he's not a bad character. Now that's excited, but are you? Oh, I can't wait. Jessica Spano I... on Saved by the Bell. So excited! <laughs> he probably did. You watch that, Luke? I watched some Saved by the Bell. You know, um, excited. I have seen every episode. I, I have I don't necessarily okay, get the reference. Okay, see, see. They I don't know her. Dothraki, mm-hmm. That's all right. I I think Julian and I we need to do the New York L.A. catch up together. So yes, yes, yes. I am all ready to see how my girl Cersei Lannister comes back after shame last year and having to get a pixie cut um, and because she got involved with the religious right and let them take over. Westeros, I am ready. I just want her to die. Ooh, not me. I love me some Cersei. I used to hate her, but ooh, that that woman is just, ooh, that actress. Although I'm still mad at her about doing that um, Lady Stoneheart Instagram a few years ago. That wasn't cute. Lena Headley. Uh, yes, 
It is tonight. Also tonight, The Good Wife, which is now almost <laughs> over. We're closing in to the last, and I don't know how I'm going to say goodbye to Alicia and her bad wigs. <laughs> oh my God, really? So rude. Do you think there'll be a spinoff, and who would you center it on? Oh, that's a good question. I thought so. well obviously just because i love diane i would love to see diane but i mean she's been front and center for so long i don't know that you'd be really be able to do anything with her Mm, frazier was a central character on cheers and they still did a lot of exploring with him well i mean well okay there you go you give diane her first court thing and turn her into judge amy and that would be a i would totally love to see diane as a judge in a judge show what about you sarah I mean, first of all, I'm like, oh, there's not going to be a uh, a spinoff of this because it is, you know, ratings wise, it is slinking out with its tail between its legs. But um, and with all of the alleged issues behind the stage, I don't think anyone wants to have anything to do with it after it ends. But I mean, the character that I think would be the most spinoff, well, I would have gone with Diane mm-hmm. also or He's brand new, but Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character as yes. just a sexy as hell private eye. What spinoff would you do, Mel? I mean, everybody's saying Diane, and that was honestly my first thought was Diane. Um, I'm hesitant to say I would love Elizabeth spinoff because I would but I feel like it would be hard to keep that character up for so long and keep it interesting because it, it would kind of Ooh, into... rescue her from that mess yeah. on NBC Ooh. it would turn into a lot of the same thing What's um, NBC? some awful throwback growing pain sitcom type mess and I'm like, how do you do that with her after True Blood and The Good Wife? This is what she and gets. person of interest, too. I'm like, my girl is in some shoddy sitcom. <laughs> Playing somebody's mom. Yeah. Um, Jillian, what show would you do if you spun off The Good Wife? I thought of Diane or, well, you know, I was going to say um, Kalinda, but she said, bye, girl. Um, I would say, um, um, oh my God, Eli, I would spin off something with Eli. Eli is a character. Eli, I think is really smart. And, you know, like Frazier, he could have a, I would love to see Eli's whole world with his daughter and his ex. And 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 to revisit Vanessa Williams Mm -hmm. and him. Well, you know, Nessa says she got a job. Nessa is is the star. She's playing Barbara Walters um, in Star... Look, allegedly. She's playing the ruthless creator and head anchor of a daytime talk show in Star Jones's Satan Sisters for VH1. So I'm like, look at Star making Barbara Black. Uh-huh, I hear you, girl. I see you. Although I'm like, uh, Vanessa, about 30 years younger than Barbara was when she started The View, but okay. Um, Vanessa I would do, don't block her check, boo. <laughs> I'm serious. I would do Kalinda, too. I would mm-hmm. definitely do Kalinda. Now that there won't be the issue of the of Archie and Juliana having to work together, revisiting Kalinda and seeing where she is. Um, I actually, because CBS owns Showtime, I would do it on Showtime. I would spin that character off to Showtime where she could really explore 
her sexual fluidity, which is like the, you know, that's the new drinking game term of, of 2016, um, which to me, they never did anything pandering or silly with that. I mean, she simply was omnisexual. Um, yeah, so Good Wife is rapping. Um, some shows that aren't going anywhere for the time being are Empire and the Shondaland shows. Quickly, what were your thoughts about Empire, this most recent episode? Who watched Empire, first of all? I did. I did. I did. Everybody watched. Luke, I know you've been behind. What are you thinking about Empire? I'm caught up. I'm enjoying it. I don't think Boo Boo Kitty did it. And yeah. um, it was, it was, I, her scenes with Lucius this last week were interesting just from the standpoint he was basically threatening her and then we see the previews we, we we see the previews for next week and she's on a cart with EMTs and I'm like okay the battle between Hakeem and Lucius for corporate control the whole time I was watching it is I was thinking Cookie's going to end up the CEO of this place because I mean, well, they've already even they've before already... even before that lady even before that lady jumped up and goes, "We love you, Cookie," and it was like, the way this is just playing, she's going to end up the queen of that place. Well, well I would love that, that's... but they, they established in canon that she can't do it because she's a felon. Jillian, what were your thoughts? Um, oh, oh, I oh, I loved it. Uh, Andre is back. Andre and Rhonda are back to being those conniving bastards that they are. I feel Which is good. I feel it's going to bite them in the ass, too, because you don't want to screw over Cookie and let Cookie find out. And before they let Andre roll, when he confessed that he was playing them against each other and he's doing it again, I feel as though Andre, his conniving to get on Lucius's good side is going to backfire because, you know, Lucius used dead mama uh, Walker What's his last name? Dwight Walker, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she used dead Mama Walker to bring him back into the fold. And then you see Thirsty paid some people to keep the uptake of dead Mama Walker. I'm like, ain't you dead? Like, oh. that's gonna that's gonna totally come back on Lucius. Um what did I, I also loved how they went and got rid of the uh the baby, the the little kid. Well, she was okay. in one fell swoop. Because just to interject for a second, because it drives me crazy, because so many soap operas play fast and loose. So I looked up on yourbusiness.az central because that question was asked, and it says that being a convicted felon can be very limiting. Convicted felons usually cannot vote or serve on boards of directors, but. But the limits of what a felon can do don't generally apply on the corporate sphere unless the company wants it. So basically, it seems like it's a company-by-company company thing. Um, well, and it also depends. I mean, even if you're if you're a stockholder, you can basically put up the board even though you're not on it. Martha Stewart well, here's the, other the board thing, of directors for Martha Stewart Omnimedia. I thought, see, that's the that's where I first learned of it. But I guess she did lose some. She can she can be the board. I think she can be the board member a board member, but she can't be like the chairman and oh, or CEO. As you say, that rapper Snoop Dogg. I get the Snoop Dogg have a felony. Well, he, yeah, he's no. under a list of famous felons on boards. Snoop you Dogg don't have a felony. Let's check that out. Thank you, Google. No, Snoop Dogg doesn't have a felony. Martha He's Stewart like, does, but Snoop doesn't. There's a, there's yeah, a meme that, about it. it. The <laughs> other question is what type of a felony it is. Because with Martha, the problem is it had to do with the stock market. And so that is like more of a conflict. Whereas what Cookie did had nothing to do with manipulation of the stock market. 
so there would be, in theory, less of a conflict. However, since they needed to convince Wall Street that they were on the up and up because they were trying to go public, it was not what they needed. And with all the chaos they've been having, it again would not be what they need. Apple wants to put on, put a yeah. you know, a convicted well, felon in charge. It can do that. Snoop apparently pled no contest to felony drug charge in 2007. As part of the agreement, he received a three-year suspended sentence and five years probation. So I don't know if that means it was removed from oh. his record or whatever. Yeah, it's probably, it's anyway, it's a soap opera, and yeah, they let an 18-year-old idiot be who I adore Hakeem. But that, you oh, know, my that, God. That's the first thing. Empire stocks would have plummeted. The first. I mean, you think about it. If, you know... Who is Justin Bieber's um, Arista? Is he with Arista? I don't. Know. He's with whoever. Bonnet's uh, his manager. Yeah, if if Justin Bieber suddenly he's who's with ever who Rush Usher is. Yeah, but even though he's a popular artist, if you know he suddenly was named CEO of Arista, people would be dumping their stocks on the. <laughs> Exchange like people dumping tea at the Boston Harbor. So we suspend our disbelief. Let's talk a little about uh, Scandal, which oh. the ratings are in a downslide. Do I to? know everybody has theories about that. Mel, I don't even have to ask you. I know that you, in your heart of hearts, you feel that the show not focusing on the Fitz Olivia Love. It's not even that, though, Jamie. It's The show is not focusing on what made it famous. It's not focusing on what we know Scandal to be. I don't know who the hell Olivia Pope is. There's Olivia Pope on my screen, but I don't know who she is because this is not the same woman that we well... met back in season one and season two, okay? This is not... If you would have told me in season one Olivia Pope would have ended up being this in almost season six, I'd have told you you're full of shit because I have no idea who this is on my screen, you know, and it's not even that, and we're not even focusing on politics anymore. We're focusing on B613 and the spy story and everything, and her daddy, and everything goes back to that. And that's not the show that I fell in love with. That's not it. It was a hybrid of a political and a love story, and the show is just not what. It was. I don't. I don't even know what it is anymore. The other day, somebody asked me. They were like, "Hey, what's scandal about?" I don't even know what to tell you anymore. What this show is about. And if we are at that point in a program, we need a major overhaul. Something has gone wrong. The wheels have fallen off. The motor is leaking oil, and we are not gonna make it. Okay. That sounds and, like my first car, Dodge Dynasty. <laughs> oh my god. And I feel like it's not even that because y'all know, y'all know I ride or die for Fitz Olivia. You know I do. But that's not even the problem oh. right now. The problem is everything. That's the problem with this show. Olivia Pope doesn't know what she wants. We are in almost season six of, of this show. I, I don't know what Olivia Pope wants. Olivia Pope doesn't oh, wow. know what she wants, but I can tell you what every other character on this show wants. That's a problem, first and foremost. And I didn't even talk about this week's episode. I didn't even talk about how terrible it was because why do we need to know Jake's storyline? What was the purpose? Why in season six do we all of a sudden need to know Jake's backstory? Maybe in season, at the end of season two or season three, okay, but now what was the point? Another Shondaland show has been masterfully rebooted as Mel talks about the show needing an overhaul, and that is... Grey's Anatomy, which now has Mama Debbie Allen as an executive producer. Do you think Debbie needs to take a little yes. part of my hand at Scandal? She needs to twirl over there and fame it up, and she because she will make it gold. 
over there. We talked about it offline, how the moment Debbie came to a different world, it became the bomb. The moment that Debbie came to Grey's Anatomy, it's the bomb. She's a part of uh, Jane the Virgin. She does some stuff over there. She does some stuff over at Empire, but I'm talking about executive producing. Debbie needs to go over there because, as I told you offline, Scandal needs a hard reset. Yeah. And I feel as though we said it offline that someone needs to die on Thank their you. Or to be a nice, swift reset. Who? I don't know. I, you know, we did. Quinn. Mm, we talked about that. Pop a pulse. Somebody major has to. It Papa has to be Pope. Vince. It has to be Jake. It has to be Daddy Pope. No, it has to be somebody it, no, major. Mel, I am so shocked that you said Vince. Yes. You know why because I said Vince? Vince? I so said... I can finally stop watching this bullshit. That's why. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think Jamie and I mentioned that, and we thought that if Fitz dies, the show is kind of like, but I think it it needs to be either, it needs to be two people, to be quite honest. It needs to be something like one person you would expect. It needs to be two. It needs to be something where Jake goes out, guns blazing, trying to protect Olivia, trying to protect the, the, what they call it, the the, the Republic, whatever. Mm -hmm. America, shit. The Republic shit is so stupid. Then Jake needs to die, and Papa Pope needs to die too. It yeah. needs to be a hard reset for it to like start over again. Because Jamie keeps saying, you know, it's because it's long in the tooth. I don't think it. I think that's a portion of it, but I also think that the show does not know what it wants to be. Thank and you. then, and, yeah, and, I, and, and let me let me expound on that long in the tooth thing so that I can I can because you know um, n- traditionally. Grace had the same type of slump at the, around this season point, and then it, it's just managed to stay on so long that it managed to have a all new, a whole new second life. But I'm meaning, if you look at network television shows traditionally and their ratings patterns, they do all, t- especially serialized shows, from all the way dating back to Dallas, going all the way up to Desperate Housewives, when they get you know, four or five years older, their ratings start to to bleeding anyway. But you guys feel that this is a more storyline-led decline. So the Walking Dead is still Mm -hmm. popping and locked. But that's cable. That's cable doesn't tend to have those same broadcast. I don't know what why that it is that way, but with broadcast, if it's not a procedural, they tend to have a four or five years, and then. If they go on past four or five years, you're kind of just coasting on fumes for for soaps, which I know Shonda doesn't call her show soaps, but we all know what they are. But go ahead, Jillian. Yeah, but I'm not, I don't think it's that. I just think that for the moment Shonda introduced B, vitamin B12, V8, V8, whatever this thing is, you know, VH engine nine, whatever. Casserole, alias, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's the moment, alias, you're right. The moment she introduced this group, people started. I saw it. I saw it play out. Mm-hmm. People were like, "What the hell is this?" Like, people started tuning out. Diehard Scandal fans were like, "Um, this is just a little bit too much." Like, now there's a super agency spy, and this like it's people started tuning out. And when it looked like it was gone, fans looked like they were starting to come back. And then when they brought it back again. 
people are not feeling this. This is this is just too croaky and too too over the top. And I don't care how many soliloquies Papa Pope says all day, every day when he reads the breaks yeah, off of his daughter. People tired. are not feeling it. Yeah. It needs to no. a hard reset. I and they made him a series him. regular. They made him yeah. a series regular. He's not it's, going anywhere. It's too much. And and the thing of it is, it's Olivia, which you know. I've never thought Olivia was as much of a badass as they portray her to be, but I do think when she's fear, especially following last week, I was like, oh, we're about to see Olivia in game changer mode again. And now she's back to lip quivering and gasping because Father Pope is, is threatening to, and you know, it's just so unrealistic that Fitz knows, Fitz knows that Papa Pope killed his son, right? Mm -hmm. He knows. And he's able to just, there's just no way. I mean, I'm sorry. W would have tried to strangle Colin Powell in the middle of that wedding. There's just no way that I'm going to buy, you know, Olivia now going to dinner with him, even if it's under the guise of trying to. I don't think Melly would be, Melly would be, would not want her to be her campaign it's, manager exactly. if you're and she's now cool with the, the guy who killed my kid. I mean, it's. Exactly. Like, the way they pointed it out with that, I, the Melly thing is spot on because when they showed Melly just crumbled and let herself go from this ice cream polished bitch to this woman who was like, I'm in a funky bathrobe, I'm eating some chicken and some moonshine over her son's death. For her to be partnering up with Papa Pope and Olivia, no. that's unreal. Melly Thank would. You. Melly, I feel as though Melly would use that as a guise only to kill one of them. Well, that would be a good story to re-energize the show where Melly and Fitz decide this man took our kid. We have to kill him. Sarah, what are your thoughts on the latest episode of Scandal? I'll be honest. I'm behind still. That tells you. That tells you how energized you are in it. Luke, what did you think? It's just not. I haven't watched Scandal most of this season. I started back at the very beginning of the season. But for me, I find Scandal is the show that I just let it record and record and record, and then I catch up over the summer. And then Grey's is soap-gasmic right now. With marriages busting up, custody battles, lesbians fighting over children. It is like this show is so gold, you almost forget that Izzy once screwed a ghost or any of that ridiculous stuff. There's so many delicious relationship-based dramas, and they manage to tell topical stories without pandering, without being preachy. Um, Usually I try to keep our two worlds separate, but I just have to say this. You know, in daytime, it's daytime TV counterpart, General Hospital has been trying to tell stories about how bad guns are by having characters give speeches on docks about gun control and having galas about gun control and all of this. When Gray simply has a story where two, you know, working moms, their kids are playing at each other's houses, one of the moms has a gun and accidentally shoots the other one when they get in there while the babysitter went to go make a sandwich or something. And it does what it did what TV does best, which is give you a topical story with two sides of the equation um, and not beat you over the head with the message. Yet, they definitely got their message across. I'm so proud of Grey's Anatomy for getting mm-hmm. its life right. Jillian, I know you were, you were a late adapter to Grey's, but you're loving it. 
tell us about what you thought of this last week's episode. This last week's episode was fire. The gun thing, I was kind of scared. I'm like, Lord, Shonda, don't hit me over the head with it. But it was it was to the point. It wasn't preachy and don't you be bringing no guns up in here. It was it was like you you know you're it just hit the nail on the head and it made the point and case closed um ben's the fallout from ben it shows that deep down ben really thinks that he is bulletproof when he was talking to jackson and was like you know it's gonna take me forever i felt for ben but then when ben tried to like switch it up and say i can go into anesthesiology i think was it anesthesiology yeah that's his old specialty he was like a full doctor in that you know when he was so slick when he was like technically you said i can't operate but if i go back and do that and she was like no you're you know jackson told him you better talk to your wife about this before you do anything. What did he do? He still went ahead and Bailey was like, don't do it. And he's all trying to get cute. He was like, Bailey was like, you could do it all you want, but you ain't going to be sleeping in this bed. I'm like, Bailey how delicious. You know, it's yeah. like not landing in a hospital. We have all this marital relationship drama playing out between Bailey and Ben, between Arizona and Callie, and Arizona trying to sue for custody of the kid. You know, and Jackson you- and April have kind of... That's what's so crazy about all of this. Jackson and April kind of brought the dysfunction in this season, and now they're kind of gingerly, you know getting closer again or at least being civil and then now they're you know their friends are all like in various degrees of chaos we were talking about you know last week we were wondering whether or not like how is this custody thing going to play out with arizona and cali you saw cali started putting the, the 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 she started laying the foundation when she was like when arizona's like our daughter our daughter and she's like you mean my daughter I'm like, oh shit! This is where this whole going. Well, no, she, she didn't say that. She said, "Please don't call her. Please stop saying your daughter," because she just kept. Yeah. yeah right whatever, now, yeah. she hasn't. She hasn't hit her with that yet, but you know it's coming. Yes. And next week is the. Custody. And how topical yeah. will that be in this day mm-hmm. and age where I mean, you know, gay rights and gay marriage and gay adoption is such the talk of of conversation around the country. Now it's like, you know, you kind of wonder, is Callie, you know, I know she won't want to take it back traditional, but it's like, you know, how will that play out? What are the legalities of this? You know, and they didn't, this isn't a situation where they set out to have a baby together and, you know, this is a custody battle. She had this baby the quote unquote old fashioned way with a guy, but, you know, Arizona has been a mother to Sophia and, you know, that is going to be a very topical... We've seen them before. I, I, you know, I know um, there have been other gay and, and lesbian custody battles in, in, on primetime and cable shows, but I'm really interested to see. And shout out to... Um, what is her name? Now I've forgotten her name. Um, oh, Lord, she started on All My Children, and she's on Shameless. Um, what, y'all t- um, tell me her name, somebody! This play the lawyer. Um, oh my God, uh, I gotta look up because that sister is working. She is everywhere right now. Vanessa Bell Calloway. Vanessa oh, okay. Bell- oh, her. Yeah, I remember yeah. her. Yeah. Vanessa Bell Calloway is like, I'm gonna get me 
some billable hours. If the little redhead ain't going to sue her man for custody, I'm going to get a friend to do it. But I love her. She's also on this really delicious and trashy church soap on Bounce TV called Saints and Sinners. And she plays the first lady of the church whose husband gets murdered. Spoiler alert, sorry. And she is messing with a woman. Can you imagine the first lady of the church? Luke, in black churches, the first lady is the pastor. I'm assuming it's like a head deaconess? No, it's the pastor's wife. It's, she's over the deaconesses. The deaconesses, you know, the deaconesses sit up at she the She run front. them hoes. She mm -hmm. run them Deacon. hoes. Yeah, she is the first lady of the church. And, and, you know, that's like being the queen bee in a black church. So, anyway, Saints and Sinners is deliciously trashy fun. You should watch it. Yes! So that brings us to the end of this very purple edition of the Pop Confidential Podcast. Luke, your assignment is get familiar with Prince. Um, <laughs> Sarah and Jillian, your assignment is binge Game of Thrones because next week the Pop Confidential will be all Westeros all time. We are doing a special... The entire episode is Westeros. Yes, we are doing a special Game of Thrones oh, podcast. Oh, God. I don't so... I am going to log off. And I know that Craig would be interested in participating well, in that one, too. Craig. And until next week, keep it popping. Thank you. So long. Bye. Bye.